we have to recognize the blessings we have. It's hard when you're sick to think about that you're blessed. But you got to keep going. My guest on the podcast today is a stage four ovarian cancer survivor who used her imagination and creativity to create a resource list for cancer patients, survivors, and their children. It is truly a gem during this time of COVID. So check it out. Hey there, and welcome. I'm your host, Regina Topolson, registered dietitian, plant-based foodie, amateur athlete, mom of teenage boys, and one lucky girl, cancer survivor, and host of the Life Well Lived podcast. Living through cancer seemed like the hard part until I had to learn how to live after. We all want to feel healthy and safe and know that our life has meaning and purpose. If you're a patient, survivor, or caretaker, this is the place to find hope and inspiration through life's great disruptor and learn to live more fully today. Today on the Life Well Live podcast, we have our special guest, Nancy Novak, who created a resource list for amazing cancer patients and those who love and care for them. And Nancy herself had an experience with cancer that she will tell us about today. So hi, Nancy, and welcome to the show. Hi. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell us a little bit about your experience. Well, professionally, I'm a clinical psychologist, which and I specialize in family systems. Um, I've been doing that for many years, but in 2004, I was diagnosed with stage 4 ovarian cancer that had metastasized to my liver. And I was happily innocent about cancer at that time, and when they gave me my diagnosis, I said two pretty remarkable things, like, thank goodness it's not appendicitis, and I also said, so what's stage five? Um, (laughs) And I immediately was taken to Stanford in Northern California and was treated there for very aggressively for a very uh, serious diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whenever I had the opportunity, I invited fellow cancer patients to tell me their stories. And they shared their helplessness, their hopelessness, their intense feelings of isolation and distrust and anger, sadness. But the most important thing to me that really resonated with my heart is how many of these people were very, very anxious about the lack of funds that they had to take care of themselves. And they worried about the enormous medical expenses and medication expenses and whether their insurance, even if they had it, would cover them. And I listened to this and I felt... um, the serious impact on their healing process from this level of stress and anxiety, and I vowed to make a difference. 
and I knew there had to be money to help them. I just didn't know where it was, and I committed myself to finding it and making it accessible to anybody who's going through cancer or any other kind of illness. So that being said, um, I started a nonprofit called Nancy's List, and I got my 501, and I started making a list of where the financial resources were that could help these folks. And um, that continued, and it still is a viable piece of the work I do and something that is very interesting and and, uh, to healing professionals who want to help their patients as well as to the families. So I'm getting a lot of interest in that from the people who are intimately connected to the survivorship of the cancer community. So then we kind of morphed into something else, and uh, it's been many different things. It was um, at one point I was seeing children whose parents had cancer, and they were so fearful for their futures. So um, I decided that the only thing we could do was to give them a break. Whether they had the cancer, and most of these kids had leukemia or brain cancer, or they had parents who were living with cancer. So we started a club, and it was called Nancy's Club. And Mm -hmm. we created adventures every weekend for these children to go out and play together. And not only, I was living in San Francisco at the time, a lot of what we did was going to sporting events and performances, but what they loved the most was going sailing. Sailing. We went sailing. Sailing. They loved being in the water. It was challenging. It was healing. It made them laugh. They were amazing. So there were about 25 kids who would go out, practically all of them, maybe twice a month, maybe more than that, depending on when we had a group. And these kids created a community of support Uh, The parents came to, and they felt so included in the kids' lives, but also in creating uh, a support system of their own. That was wonderful. That was wonderful. And then we got cooked on camps, that these kids all went to a camp for kids with cancer. Um, And that strengthened their bonds, and it was available, and there are many camps posted on my website all over the country that children can go to for free um, for for just a wonderful experience of camping and of camaraderie and they don't they don't identify themselves when they're a camp as a cancer patient they identify them as a kid having fun so that's, that's excellent. A, yeah, it's it's a wonderful healing resource, you know, and I hope more people will go to my website and see about the camps that are located all over this country. These people volunteer, the doctors volunteer, the staff volunteers. It's a it's a love it's a love fest. It's just a great thing. Mm-hmm. So that's great to promote that to the world because so many people don't even hear about it from their oncologists that these kids are can have this opportunity. How how did you grow your list from being local in San Francisco to being mm-hmm. nationwide? Well, I think uh, many things happened at the same time. You know, when 
When we started, I started, I told you, as a list for the financials. Um, All of a sudden, I was getting these young women in their 30s coming to see me because they felt like they were invulnerable. They were eating kale. They were going to yoga every day. They were doing all the right things, and yet they had friends who were getting cancer, and they were very scared. And it was like, what can we do? Um, you know, it was just like, this is so un- unexpected. So what we did actually was have a great big party. And it's, uh, and I announced that it would take a village to really deal with the cancer epidemic that was happening in our in our country as well as in our small community in Marin County outside of San Francisco. And I put out clipboards, and I we're going to walk the dogs. We're going to uh, take people to treatment. We're going to make meals for them. The kids are going to do rock concerts to raise money to give to these families who were in need. I mean, everybody at that big party signed up. And then the whole community started signing up and participating and taking care of our neighbors. And that got a lot of media attention. Um, and it just spread. And so people were interested in that concept of how communities can take care of their own. And it started, you know, I started helping people in different places around the country of how to do this, using this as a model. Mm-hmm. And it, we involved little children who made cards for everybody who was in the hospital, all the children who were in the hospital at Valentine's Day or several different times a year, or they'd go and they'd make decorations to, to put in the uh, wards, the children's wards at different hospitals in the Bay Area. Um, it was great. That's amazing. Was, That's amazing work yeah. to actually get everyone involved that way. Right. And you had senior citizens um, matching up with these little kids and making greeting cards. And I mean, it was just so creative and so engaging. And I think it taught these kids at a very early age about giving and support. And it, uh, I'm really pleased about this part of the project and you know it just keeps moving I think my tendency is I see something that's missing you know in what we could do uh, just in the past year I've been putting together a directory of integrative therapists all over the country who can augment or deepen the healing process by offering their services to the cancer community many for free many at a discount when that might be everything from Reiki classes, yoga classes, massage, um, all kinds of healing modalities that these people can take advantage of. And I, I wish they were all free, but people can't, you know, the practitioners can't all do that. But there are a lot of them that are just so generous and and so committed to being supportive. Yeah, absolutely. That's how I met you. Right. Right. is is, uh, through LinkedIn and putting my name on that practitioner list. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's huge. You know, I mean, it's it's every day I'm adding more people to it, and I'm really excited because some of them are teeny, tiny little rural communities all over the country that nobody, you know, would even think. You know, it's just not the big hospitals. It's individuals like yourself who... Are so generous and spirited about um, 
supporting this, this, the people who are living with cancer, and there are way too many of us. Yes, yeah. yeah well, and that's a good thing because that wasn't the case 10 or 20 years ago. So thank goodness there's more people who are able to survive it and live with it. Right, right. Yeah, so, but it's, it's good that we're recognizing that now and saying, well, you know, we didn't need all these resources before for obvious reasons, but now because we have so many survivors, we need these resources. Right, and and quite a number of the people who are engaged in this project are cancer survivors who want to give back, you know, right. and are so grateful. And and I think gratitude is a very big piece of the whole project. Um, yeah. And so they're they're eager to find a way to participate, you know, and even if it's just moving information. I put out a, an email yesterday about financial assistance. And it has gone all over the place because this is important. People can't deal with the stress, the financial stress of this disease. And it's like people have said to me, particularly when I was doing all these conversations at Stanford, you know, do I put food on the table or do I pay for my meds, you know? And that's a horrible thing, place to be in. Um, and I know what they answered me was, I put food on the table for my family. Yeah. So, so tell me just very quickly. So how um, how did your cancer experience change the way you take care of yourself? <laughs> uh, I don't know how much people know in your audience about ovarian, but ovarian four is a pretty deadly diagnosis, and. I never thought I was dying. I think there were conversations behind my back between my friends that were worried that I would, but I I never felt that way. I felt like I had, um, and this is one of the things I want to say to everybody, you know, I had the most incredible care from an oncologist that I trusted so much with my life. And I, if people don't have that level of trust and communication with their doctors, and they need to find someone that they do trust. Because I think trust is a major component when you are in such a vulnerable place. Mm -hmm. Um, As I realized more and more and learned more and more about my disease, I had uh, an overwhelming sense of gratitude for the people in my life, my support team, I call it my magnificent A-team, for my doctor, for the, the angels that were in my midst, the people who work in oncology, the people who are working out in the in the uh, infusion rooms, those people are angels. Mm-hmm. You know, it yeah. is tough work, and I just was I was, my heart went wide open. It was just like I think that's really what happened for me. It was like I felt so blessed, and I felt like I am meeting the most generous amazing, giving people I'd ever known. Um, And I think that made a huge difference. I think that probably was there in me before my disease, but I felt like it was really deepened by my experience. And uh, I I just knew I could make a difference. I have skills, and I could do the research, and 
um, I could find what people needed and I could counsel. I continued my therapy practice for quite some time. Not while I was heavily duty in to chemo, but as soon as I got out of it, I, I really understood. I thought it deepened my level of compassion. Um, and you were and seeing I, cancer patients before you got cancer yourself, right? No, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, okay. I didn't know anything about cancer, quite honestly. That's my naivete when I said, what's stage five, you know? Yes, no, that's why I, I nervously <laughs> laughed. I was like, what? I was... <laughs> I was in San Francisco, and I had an amazing repertoire of interesting and complicated clients, but um, I did not, I was not working with people who needed physical healing, and that's not all that's involved in cancer, but it was different kind of healing. Um, and then the word got out that I had survived stage four ovarian, and I was talking to women all over this country, or people in Australia, people in Europe. I mean, women were calling and saying, what'd you do? What'd you do? You know, um, and we just shared and you know, I walked the walk and in many cases walked them through their lives, you know. Um, but it was, it was, a, it, it's a, cancer is just so, uh, overwhelming. It's like one minute you're okay and you think, well, my goodness, I have a tummy ache, but then you find out you have some quite other, and your world goes upside down and it's chaotic. It but is. I think we all need someone to walk the walk with and to hold our hands in our hearts and to, uh, and there are people out there. This is what I want to say to this audience. There are so many people out there who are so willing and so eager to sh- share your journey whether it's cancer or any kind of illness. Um, we just need to know how to tap into that enormous generosity. There is a picture of you on your website riding a skateboard. <laughs> Can you speak a little bit? I can't to... exactly say that I rode that skateboard. <laughs> Can, you push. Speak... Yeah. Can you speak a little bit to the spirit? and the resilience of the human spirit and how trying and putting yourself out there and doing things that you never thought you would do, like riding a skateboard, and how (laughs) that has brought a sense of levity and light to your life. Oh, you're a sweetheart. I think what I found out is that we live without... Sometimes I lived without seeing all the possibilities. You know, I, I tapped into my identity as a psychologist, and that's what I was, you know, to really all of a sudden be identified as someone who had survived a pretty awful diagnosis and prognosis, and all of a sudden I had to tap into things that, I mean, I remember in California, I got this courage award from from a a local newspaper. They called it a courage word. And I mean, the word courage is a great big word. And I had never really thought about the word courage. Um, And I think what I guess I came to was maybe I had it. I just didn't know. I mean, I was willing to go through the treatment. I was willing to keep going back. 
I could deal with whatever the, the, the side effects, I don't even call them the side effects, they're the real effects of these medications. Um, I just had a, uh, a sense that now my job is to encourage other people to have hope, to, to express their gratitude, to live in that space, um, to find out what their possibilities are as human beings, to be expansive, to open hearts, um, to stand to stand up. Did that answer your question even close? That's that's beautiful. It did. Um, so just one last question. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to live a life well lived to you? Mm. I think I'm living it. <laughs> I think I'm living it. I think I think you are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an interesting thing. I'm 70 something, 76 years old. Um, I just got married three years ago for the second time in my life. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. I feel the abundance of it all. I feel the the good fortune. I I try to focus on that more and more, but it's just like I feel that we have to recognize the blessings we have. It's hard when you're sick to think about that you're blessed, but you got to keep going. You got to yeah. keep going because we have to be ready for surprises. We have to be ready to to think about what we're grateful for every single day. One of my mentors, who I would love to mention, his name is Rachel Riemann, and she wrote two excellent books: "The Kitchen Table Wisdom" and "Blessings from My Grandfather" or "My Grandfather's Blessings." And she taught me something I'd like to share. It's at the end of the day. She said, do three questions. Ask yourself, what happened today that opened my heart? What happened today that surprised me? And what did I learn today about myself that I didn't know before? Um, It's just an easy way to sort of live in that space of gratitude. And that's what I'd like to pass on. It is definitely a space. Yeah, that's Thank so you. beautiful. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. It has been an absolute pleasure interviewing you. And I hope our listeners have uh, gotten some kind of sense of hope and inspiration um, and a little bit of courage to live their life a little more fully. Thank you. Thank you. Go to the website. It's 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 a really good website for whether you're living with cancer or you're just living life, you know. Why don't you mention it here? What's what's the website it's, address? It's called Nancy's List, and it's nancyslist.org. So I think it's easy to find and pretty, pretty easy to navigate. And I will um, also link to it in the show notes. Okay. So thank, thank you. you so much. Thanks for joining us. I hope you're excited to check out Nancy's List. She's got a lot of great financial and other resources listed there for you. So go on over to the show notes and check out nancyslist.org.
hope you've laughed. I hope you've learned. I send you healing strength, and I'm grateful for you. You've been listening to the Life Well Lived podcast. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and share it with your friends so they can benefit too. Check out the show notes so you can connect with me on social media. Peace and love. Until next time.